release glory. We want to see the move of God. We want to see the move of the Holy Spirit. Let God arise today and let His enemies be scattered before Him. Arise, O Lord. Come today and fill Your church with glory. King of glory, come and move through this place. Come and touch every person. Come and touch every life that we will never be the same again. Do what only You can do, God. We don't want what we can do. We want what You can do, Holy Spirit, we open our hearts to you and we expect great things from you, Lord. Our faith is in you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, I want to share a message with you today called Welcome to Cornelius' House. If you have a Bible, let's open up together in Acts chapter 10. And I'm going to start reading from the first verse, Acts chapter 10 in verse 1. It says there, There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band. In verse 2, A devout man, one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people, and prayed to God always. He saw in a vision, evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming to him and saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Your prayers and your alms are come up as a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa, And call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is staying with Simon a Tanner, whose house is by the seaside. He shall tell you what you ought to do. And when the angel, which spoke unto Cornelius, had departed, he called two of his household servants and a devout soldier of them that waited on him continually. And when he had declared all these things unto them, He sent them to Joppa. What happened in Cornelius' house? We can see the whole story in Acts chapter 10 and going into Acts chapter 11. Is a picture. It is an image of what God wants to do in the church today. We see so many things that are going on there. We see how there is an increase of angelic visitation. How God is releasing dreams and visions. Dreams and visions are the language of the Holy Spirit. It says that in the last days I'll pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Dreams and visions are the language of the Holy Spirit. We see how God brings salvation to whole households, to whole groups of people, to crowds of men, women, and children. We see the outbreak of revival, how it can't be contained in just one place. But through Cornelius' house, God began to bring the gospel not just to Jerusalem, to Judea, to Samaria, not just to the Jewish people, but to the ends of the earth and to the nations of the earth. 
Jesus said, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And here in Acts chapter 10, God begins to break out to the nations. The gospel begins to break out to the nations. And the gospel will no longer be preached just to Jewish people, but it will be preached to people of every tribe, of every tongue, and of every nation under heaven. So this man, his name is Cornelius. He lived in the city of Caesarea. He was a centurion soldier. A centurion soldier was a Roman officer who was responsible for between 100 and 300 soldiers. You couldn't just make yourself a centurion. They were not promoted because they gave bribes, not even through relationships, through connections, or knowing somebody. They were promoted solely based in character and integrity for their bravery, courage, for their attitudes of responsibility. That was the only way that they would be promoted. They were known for being men of character, men of true integrity, It's not the first time in the Bible that we see a centurion soldier. There was one centurion who came to Jesus. He was concerned because a servant of his whom he loved very much was sick and dying. When he came to Jesus, Jesus said, I'll come with you to your house to pray for him. And he said to Jesus, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come and be under my roof. Just send the word, and my servant will be healed. It says in Psalm 105, he sent forth his word, and he healed him. Then that man said to Jesus, because I am a man under authority, and I have those who are under my authority, and I say to them, come, and they come, and I say to them, go, and they go. Jesus, when he heard what that centurion said, He said, I have not found faith like this in all of Israel. In that Roman soldier, Jesus saw a purity of faith, a simplicity of faith that was demonstrated through his level of understanding and revelation of the way that things function in the spirit world. He he recognized that Jesus had authority in the spirit in the same way that he had authority in the natural. That as he was under the authority of his overseeing uh, officers, that he had authority over the men who were under him. That Jesus was under the authority of the Father, but Jesus had such authority that he could speak a thing and it would be established. That whatever he say would happen. So that man, when he went, he found that at that same moment, his servant had been healed. There's another centurion soldier who was standing at the foot of the cross while Jesus was being crucified. He was witness of everything that happened. He was there when the nails were put through his hands and through his feet. He was there when Jesus was hoisted and lifted up on the cross, he heard the seven sayings of the cross, how Jesus interacted with different people. 
He never heard words like that spoken by any man. He saw the sky turn to black. He felt the earth begin to quake. He sensed the power that was released through the blood that was shed. He was witness, but he was also responsible for everything that went on at Jesus' crucifixion. And as Jesus gave up his last breath and the curtain in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, that centurion soldier said, surely this was the Son of God. This centurion soldier that we see in Acts 10, Cornelius, he was a devout man. He together with his whole house, feared God. He gave alms, which was financial help for the poor. He prayed to God always. So when the angel comes to him, the angel says, Cornelius, your prayers and your alms have come up before God as a memorial. Your prayers and your alms have arisen like incense before the throne of God. They have come up to the nostrils of God as a sweet-smelling aroma that God has noticed. Heaven has noticed your sacrifice. Whenever something is released on the earth, something is released simultaneously from heaven. When, when prayer is given up, when Finances are released on the earth. Blessing, favor, anointing, miracles are released from heaven. Like in the story of Elijah, when they had experienced drought for three and a half years, the dirt, the ground was bone dry. They had no water almost left. Their animals had died. People were dying of starvation. They were dying of thirst. But when Elijah went up on Mount Carmel and confronted the prophets of Baal, he rebuilt the altar as a memorial for the Lord. And he brought a bull chopped up into pieces It was one of the few bulls that were left. And he put it on the altar in front of all of these starving people. All of the nation were gathered there. And then he told them, bring water and pour it out. And they poured out water once. They said, bring more water. They poured it out again. Bring more water. Three times they poured out water. And I imagine that the whole crowd that was standing there gasped when they saw what was done, how he was just pouring out this water on the ground. There was not a person there who was not thirsty. He poured it out, and then he lifted up his voice and he prayed. A prayer that was short to the point, but so full of power and so full of meaning. He said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, turn the hearts of these people back to you that they would know that you are the true living God. When Elijah brought the sacrifice, when Elijah brought 
the water. When Elijah brought what was most precious and valuable then, when Elijah lifted up his voice and prayed, fire fell from heaven and consumed the sacrifice and all the bull and all of the stones and all of the water. And the people fell on their faces and said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Right after that, Elijah goes up and he begins to pray more. And while he's praying, there was a sound of an abundance of rain and waters came upon the earth. When Elijah released sacrifice, when Elijah released prayer upon the earth, heaven released fire, heaven released the rains. Whenever you give something on the earth, something is released from heaven. Your prayers and your alms, they have come up before the Lord as a memorial. Heaven has taken notice. Like when Jesus saw that widow woman who came with her two coins, she just dropped them in the the offering bucket and turned away. She probably hoped nobody saw. She probably was embarrassed, but Jesus noticed And he said to his disciples, this woman has given more than all the others because they gave out of their surplus. But she has given everything that she has to live on. Heaven notices what you do. Heaven sees your sacrifice. Your prayers and your alms have come up before the Lord. But Then it says that there was an angel of God coming unto him. Heaven is involved in our lives. Heaven is so close to us. That was the message that Jesus brought. He said the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heaven is close to us. Heaven is right near us. Heaven surrounds us all the time. Heaven is involved in our lives. I heard a story of a great man of God who lived in Argentina in the 60s. He had a Bible school that was there. And there came to his Bible an angel that brought a message to him and said, revival is coming to Argentina, but you need to pray and you need to intercede. For six weeks, the whole Bible school prayed and interceded before God There was a young man who stood with his face against a wall in intercession. For five hours, he didn't move. After five hours, he stepped away from the wall, and the whole wall was soaked with his tears. There's a puddle of his tears left on the ground. It was just a supernatural move of prayer and intercession that went on intensely for six weeks around the clock. Then the word of the Lord came and said, the lion of the tribe of Judah has prevailed. They began to rejoice. They began to pray. And after that, they couldn't pray or intercede anymore like they had been. Six months later, an evangelist came from the U.S. to Argentina. And that man prayed for a bodyguard of the president who was dying of cancer. The Lord healed the bodyguard And then the bodyguard went to the president, whose name was Peron. And Peron at that time had leprosy. 
but he was br- the evangelist was brought into the presidential palace and he laid hands on the president and his skin instantly was cleansed and made brand new like a baby's skin. The president said, I'm going to give you the biggest stadium in our nation and I'm going to bring the national television so that your meetings will be shown around the whole nation. When that man ministered, he would just stretch his hands over the whole section where there was blind people, and they would start screaming as God opened their eyes. He would stretch his arms over the whole section where there was paralyzed people and people with crutches, and they would just begin to lift up their their crutches and begin to jump out of their wheelchairs. There was incredible miracles that God did, and that was how the revival in Argentina started. It was with one angelic visitation that started a whole series of events in motion. Heaven is involved in our lives. There's a powerful testimony I heard right now when I was in the Himalayan mountains from a pastor's wife who is a great woman of God. She said, I became a believer when I was 12 years old. I gave my life to Jesus. When I was 15, I was suffering with asthma. It was so bad that one day my wife, le- my mother, excuse me, left me at home uh, lying on a mat. I had a bowl of porridge that she left, oatmeal, sitting next to me. She left and went to work, and while I was lying there, I could hardly breathe. I prayed and I said, God, just take my life. I can't live like this any longer. When she prayed that, suddenly there appeared in the room and she saw them, three angels. One stood on each side of her and one stood at her head. And the one standing at her head just looked right into her eyes the whole time. And she said that they began to do like an operation on her lungs while she was lying there. When they finished, when they had disappeared, she closed her eyes and fell asleep and she slept from that morning all the way to the afternoon. When she woke up, she jumped out of her bed and she went down to their church building because they were having a meeting there and she testified about how God had healed her. Hallelujah. Heaven is involved in our lives. Heaven is at hand. It is so close to us. In the life of Jesus, heaven was involved from when, before he was born, when the angelic messenger brought message to Zechariah and then to Mary. Then at his birth, there appeared a heavenly choir, heavenly host that began to sing glory to God in the highest on earth, peace, goodwill to men. Then when he was praying and when he was being tempted by the devil in the wilderness for 40 days, it said that an angel, the angels ministered to Jesus' needs while he was there. When he prayed in the garden of Gethsemane, an angel of the Lord appeared and strengthened him. But actually throughout his whole ministry, there was angels involved because it says that Jesus said, you will see the heavens opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. He walked in angelic ministry throughout his life. 
then when he was dying on the cross, he, he said that he could have called legions of angels and they would have come and rescued him from the cross. When he was risen from the grave, an angel came and rolled away the stone. After he ascended to the Father, it says that there was a couple of men who came and angels who appeared to the disciples and said, why are you looking to the clouds? Go into Jerusalem. You see, throughout the life of Jesus, heaven was involved. And heaven is involved in our life. Heaven goes where we go. We are carriers of the kingdom of heaven. Heaven is so close to us. Heaven is here today. Jesus said, pray like this. Our Father is in heaven. Holy is your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Heaven came to Cornelius on that day. And the angel said to him that he should send to another city, to the city of Joppa, and call for one whose name is Simon, who's also called Peter. And he gave him his address. He said he's staying at the house of a tanner who lives by the seaside by the name of Simon. And that man, Peter, he will tell you what you have to do. Specific instructions came to him. And God wants to give us specific instructions, step-by-step instructions that we can follow and we can walk out. He is so practical the way that he works in our lives. But what's so interesting to me is how God was working in Caesarea with Cornelius. And the next day as Cornelius sent three men, two of his soldiers and one of his servants. It says there, excuse me, two of the servants and one of the soldiers. As he sent them to go, look, God was like simultaneously working in Joppa with Peter. Because while Peter was praying on the roof of the house where he was staying, he fell into a trance or he had a vision where he saw a sheet or a tablecloth being let down out of heaven. It was filled with all kinds of unclean animals, with reptiles, with birds. And he heard God speak and say, Peter, arise, kill and eat. And Peter said, certainly not, Lord. Only Peter would answer God by saying, certainly not, Lord. I mean, he was direct and open enough that his mouth could get him in trouble sometimes. Certainly not, Lord. I've never eaten anything unclean my whole life. But the Lord said, what what I call clean, you should not call unclean. And the same vision was repeated three times. Let me give you a little spoiler alert. The vision wasn't just about food. The vision was about people. Because later on, Peter, when he shows up at Cornelius' house, he said, God showed me that I shouldn't call any person unclean. 
in that vision, God was showing Peter what heaven was doing. He saw that God had an inheritance for him in the nations. Only ask, and I'll give you the nations as your inheritance. It wasn't about just eating some unclean animals, reptiles, and birds. But it was also about arising and going out and gathering in a harvest among nations. That's what the vision was really about. But God was working almost at the same time, both in Caesarea and in Joppa. Because in, in the spirit, distance, geography really doesn't matter. Like, like I said earlier, the story of that centurion soldier who said, Lord, just send the word and my servant will be healed. He knew that Jesus had such authority that he could speak a word in one place and in another place, back at his house, his servant at the same moment would be healed. Distance, geography is no problem for God. He can be moving in multiple places at once doing the same thing. Only God can do that. Like one day I was at home praying in my bedroom and I began to think about a young man from my church. His name's Zoli. And I thought I need to meet him, to disciple him, to teach him more about prayer and about reading the Bible. And right when I was thinking that, my cell phone begins to ring. And I usually don't answer my cell phone while I'm praying, but I made an exception because I saw it was Zoli calling me on the phone. So I answered, and I said, hey, how's it going? And he said, well, I was just praying here at my house, and God spoke to me that I need to meet with you for you to disciple me and teach me more about prayer and how to read my Bible, because I haven't been disciplined recently. I was praying at my house. He was praying at his house. And the Holy Spirit was working in both places at the same time. Once when we were ministering, Miha and I, together with my father in the nation of Nepal, we were in a smaller town called Lomahi. And the Holy Spirit was moving there with such power. So many people were filled with the Holy Spirit, were baptized in the Holy Spirit. There's people there who had to come a week through the mountains to get to the meeting. They came, some of them barefoot, carrying rice, carrying vegetables, because in their areas, they don't use money. They have a bartering system, but they wanted to bring something for the conference. So they carried for a week through the mountains, rice, vegetables. While the meetings were going on, some of them went and they called back into their villages. And in their villages at the time, there would only be like maybe one or two telephones in the whole village. So they would call their village. And the people from their villages would say, what is happening at the conference? And when they began to describe what was happening at the conference, the people from their villages said, that is exactly what's been happening here that there is sovereign moves of God in their churches, in the villages where people were being baptized, were being filled with the Holy Spirit, that God was just showing up there. Distance is no problem in the Spirit. 
once at a, a conference in Romania, there came a word that the Lord was healing someone's mother who had vaginal cancer. There's a young lady at our church from Nigeria. She was a medical student there. She was a, a great girl. Her name was Crystal. We nicknamed her Preacher Woman because she was an anointed preacher. But she grabbed a hold of that word for her mother. When she went home, she got on the phone and called her mom back in Nigeria because her mother had just been diagnosed with vaginal cancer. And she said, Mom, the Lord's going to heal you. And she prayed for her over the phone. When her mom went back to the doctor, the doctor said, You are cancer-free. You've been healed. From Romania all the way to Nigeria. Even more recently, there's a lady in our church named Annie. And she has a daughter who lives in Cambodia. Her daughter is a professor, a linguist that lives in Cambodia and teaches there. Her daughter had injured her knee really bad. She did a lot of martial arts, and she was supposed to get operated on. She had torn ligaments, and she was just a real mess. So Annie gathered together with a home group from our church, and they prayed together. When she called her daughter, she didn't tell her that they had prayed, but her daughter said how the Lord touched her and how she had been healed and how she can now stand on her feet and move around without her crutches. Soon after that, we went and we visited Cambodia. So amazing how God works. Sometimes the way God works, it just blows my mind. So we went to Cambodia and we went over to her house, her, da- her daughter, this da- lady's daughter's house, and her name's Daniela, the girl. And when we were at Daniela's house, we again prayed for her. And after that, she said she could wear even high heels. She went and stood on her feet for hours at a concert and had no pain at all. She said when we left her apartment, the way she said it was, there was this amazing energy in my apartment. What she meant was the presence of God filled my apartment for hours. She had never felt anything like that. She began to listen to all of our Sunday and Wednesday preachings that we posted on the internet after that. She did not miss even one message. And in October, she came and visited Romania and we baptized her in water. Hallelujah. Distance is no problem in the spirit. Geography is no problem in the spirit. When Peter arrives at Cornelius' house, we see it in Acts chapter 10 and verse 38. He begins to preach a message to Cornelius and to all of his friends and all of his relatives who had gathered together. And this was the message that he preached. One of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went around doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Jesus is the Messiah. He is the Christ, the anointed one of God. 
Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. Paul would later describe his own ministry and he said that in the power of the Spirit, in the power of signs and wonders, I fully preach the gospel of Christ. It was through the power, through the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one. But we who are Christians, we who are followers of Christ, the anointed one, we have been anointed with the same anointing that he had been anointed with. The same Holy Spirit that dwelled in Jesus' life dwells in our life. The same power that was in Jesus is working through our lives. We all know how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. How he went around doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. How many people did Jesus heal? All. He healed all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. This is the standard. This is the goal that we are shooting for. To walk in Jesus' steps. And we will not stop. We will not back down. We will not renounce until we see the same things happening in our lives, in our churches, in our community, that all healed who are oppressed by the devil, all healed, all delivered, all set free by the anointing and by the power of the Holy Spirit that works through our lives. When I travel throughout the nations, and especially now when I was in the Himalayas, the way that I ministered healing there, I pretty much would never lay hands on somebody to be healed myself. I'd just stand in the front with the microphone, and I would tell them, if you're sick, stand up on your feet. And many of them would stand up. And I, I would tell them, now lift up one of your hands to the Lord. Because what that's demonstrating as you lift up your hand is that you are grabbing a hold of the edge of Jesus' garment. Malachi chapter 4, there's a prophecy spoken about the Messiah that said he would have healing under his wings. But the, the phrase under his wings in the Hebrew language, what it really meant was in the edge of his garment. Like the Jewish people, they would usually have a prayer uh, cloth that they would wear, the men, and they would have tassels at the edge of it. So what Malachi prophesied was that Jesus, the Messiah, would have healing in the edge of his garments, in the tassels on his prayer cloth that he wore. So you know the story of the woman with the issue of blood who said within herself, I know if I just touch the edge of his garment, I'll be made whole. And when she touched the edge of his garment, healing virtue flowed from Jesus into her body, and she was healed instantly. That was one woman. But it tells us then in Mark chapter 6, verse 55 and 56, that wherever Jesus went, whether it was in villages, in cities, or out on farms, that the people throughout the whole area would run and bring all of the sick people lying on mats to the place where Jesus was, and they would lay them in the marketplaces, begging him that they might just touch the edge of his garment. 
and everyone who touched him was made whole. When the presence of the Lord comes, when the glory of the Lord comes, Jesus walks in to that place. And he still has healing in the edge of his garments. You just need to reach out and grab a hold of it. So I tell those people, lift one of your hands up to the Lord and healing power and healing fire will flow from Jesus into your physical body. Then I tell them, with your other hand, I want you to put that other hand on your body, wherever you're sick, wherever you have pain, because there's healing in your hand. Mark chapter 16, verse 17, it says that whoever believes in Jesus, in his name, they will lay their hands on the sick and they will get better. So I tell them, there is healing power. There's healing anointing in your hands. As you lay your hands on yourself, there's going to be healing flowing through your hands into your body. So they all stand there with one hand lifted up to the Lord, touching Jesus, touching the edge of his garment, and the other hand on themselves because they know that there's healing in their own hands. I don't want them to ever teach, be taught to rely on me for healing. I want them to learn to rely on Jesus for healing and that they have the anointing of healing in their hands. It's in them. It's in every single believer in Jesus Christ because I leave there after a couple of weeks, but the Holy Spirit doesn't leave there. The Holy Spirit stays there with them and keeps working through them. And we saw even now incredible miracles taking place. I I shared yesterday a story of a young woman who had been hit in the chest with a rock. It had broken some of her ribs. She had a deformity in her chest as a result of it, like a hole. Because of it also, she had problems breathing. When the, the Lord came like that, again, nobody prayed for her. She just had her hands lifted up to the Lord. And all of a sudden, the bones in her chest went back into their right place. The broken bones were healed. The hole filled in, and she could breathe just fine after that. The Lord gave a word that there was somebody who had a tumor in their breast, and the tumor was disappearing. There was a lady there who for years had had a tumor in her breast. She went out immediately after that into the bathroom to check on her chest. And when she did so, the tumor had disappeared. It was gone. The the Lord gave another word of knowledge about somebody who had not been able to lift up one of their arms. There's a pastor's wife there who for seven years had not been able to lift up her arm. And she immediately lifted up both of her arms and she was healed. There was two Buddhist monks who came to the meeting. One of them was high up in the echelon of the, the Buddhist monks. He was responsible for training other Buddhist monks. And when they came to the meeting, they both were born again. And they said, we have never seen miracles like this. I went to lay hands on the pastor's wife. She asked me to. Her, her name's Tsunami. When I laid hands on her, began to prophesy to her, 
the fire of God came on her. She fell on the ground and started laughing and laughing, rolling on the ground, laughing. I thought, this is very unusual, what God's doing. That was on Thursday afternoon. On Sunday morning, we had gone to another place to minister, but her husband called her on the phone and tried to talk to her. He tried to have a conversation with her, and she still was laughing. She was still feeling like drunk in the Holy Spirit. She was just laughing and laughing for 10 minutes on the phone. He finally gave up and was like, I'm not going to have a conversation with her. That day at their church meeting, she got up and she read from Philippians chapter 3 about the joy of the Lord. And as she read that whole chapter, the same joy that she had experienced fell on the whole church. And for over an hour, they were all laughing in the Holy Spirit. And they said, many people that day were healed. There were so many miracles, they said, that happened on that Sunday morning. Praise God. Like I said, we leave, but the Holy Spirit stayed there. And he was working through all of those people. It's all about him. It's all about Jesus. It's all about exalting the name of Jesus and lifting him up. He is the healer. He is the miracle worker. He is the king of glory. He is the one who has healing in the edge of his garments. And we all know how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, how he went around doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. When I got back from Asia, something funny happened at our church on that Sunday morning. There's a man who for a month had been coming to our church. Before he came to our church, one of his friends told me that he had been constantly drunk for many years. He said, I never remember a time when I saw that man when he wasn't drunk. And they said since he started coming to our church, he had barely, for those four weeks, from the first time he came to the church, he had barely drunk at all after that. But he... I had injured his hand. He broke his hand. And he wanted to go to the doctor to have a cast put on it. When it was offering time, you know, we usually shake people's hands, hug each other, meet and greet. He came up to give him the offering. And I, not knowing about what had happened, just went and shook his hand. He went out after the offering to smoke a cigarette. And when he went outside, he was in shock. He said, my hand is healed. No, nobody had prayed for him. It was just the presence of the Lord. It was the glory of the Lord that caused his arm to be healed. Praise God. Hallelujah. Jesus is a miracle worker. And it says that while Peter was still preaching to them, in verse 44, the Holy Spirit fell on all of them which heard the word. And those who had come with Peter, they were astonished because they saw that the Gentiles also, on the Gentiles also, had been poured out the gift of the Holy Spirit. For they heard them speaking with tongues and magnifying God. And then they said to, then Peter said, Can anyone forbid water that these men should be baptized since they received the Holy Spirit just as we did? just as we did at the beginning. 
and he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. And they prayed. They, they begged him that he would stay there with them some days. So while Peter was still preaching, the Holy Spirit began to fall on all of them. He didn't even have time to finish. He didn't have time to do an altar call, and the Holy Spirit already began to fall. Holy Spirit, you can disturb my preaching whenever you want to. You can just show up whenever you want to. We welcome you. Come, Holy Spirit. Do your will. Have your way. While he was yet speaking, the Holy Spirit fell on them, and they all began to speak in tongues and to magnify God. The Holy Spirit fell, Peter said, on those new Gentile believers, those people from Rome, from the Roman people, the Holy Spirit fell on them just as at the beginning, just as happened on the day of Pentecost. In Acts chapter 2, they were gathered together in the upper room, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven like a mighty rushing wind, and there appeared tongues, as it were, of fire over each of their heads, and they all began to speak in other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them the ability to do so. The Holy Spirit doesn't speak in tongues for us. We speak in other tongues, but he gives us the ability and the power to do so. How can you receive the Holy Spirit? Jesus said, it's so simple. Just ask the Father, and he will give you the Holy Spirit. It doesn't get any more simple than that. Just ask the Father, and he will give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. If you have never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you've never received that infilling of God's power. You've never prayed in a heavenly prayer language. Today is your day to be filled with the Holy Spirit. When we speak in, in an unknown tongue, our spirit is made stronger. When we speak in, in tongues, our faith is built up and God begins to speak things to us. It's like our spirit can communicate directly with God's spirit and his spirit can communicate directly with our spirit without our minds, without our intellects getting in the way. What an amazing gift speaking in tongues is that God gives to us, that God gives to every believer in Jesus who asks for the Holy Spirit. While he was yet speaking, the Holy Spirit fell on them. Just like at the beginning. Did, did there come a wind? I don't know. Did there come fire like came? It doesn't tell us exactly. But it was the same power. It was the same Holy Spirit. It was the same evidence. They all prayed in other tongues just as the Holy Spirit was poured out in the beginning in Acts chapter 2. The same Holy Spirit is here today. And God wants to pour out His Holy Spirit on our lives. Can we all stand together? Before we close, I'd like us to pray together for anyone who needs physical healing in their body. Jesus is the healer. Earlier, Stephen did a great job just releasing words of knowledge and healing, and God already started to move then during praise and worship. 
the Holy Spirit already started breaking out. But the healer is in the house today, and his name is Jesus. The miracle worker is in the house today, and his name is Jesus. There's one thing and one thing only that will heal the sick, and that is faith in the name of Jesus. Just believe in Jesus. Trust in Jesus today as your healer. Trust in Jesus today as the miracle worker. The hem of his garments is filling this place right now in his glory, in his presence. Some of you will sense power or fire just flowing into your body. That's his healing presence filling you right now in the name of Jesus. So I think you know what I'm going to have you do right now. If you need physical healing in your body, lift one hand to the Lord. Just reach out and touch Jesus right now by faith. Touch him by faith. Receive from him right now. His presence is here. His power is here. His glory is here. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And I want you to put your other hand on your body because there is healing in your hands. There is healing fire in your hands. There is healing power in your hand. There is healing anointing in your hands. You will lay your hands on the sick and they will get better. You will even go from this place and you will go lay your hands on sick people and the Lord will heal them. There might be sick people in your family who couldn't come here today but he is sending forth his word to your family members right now in the name of Jesus. Be healed in Jesus' name. The prayer of faith will raise up the one who is sick. We pray today together the prayer of faith. We agree together, Lord. There's great corporate faith here today in this place that we know that if we just touch the edge of your garment, we will be made whole. There's healing in Jesus today. There's healing in the person of Jesus today. There's healing by the power of the Holy Spirit today. His anointing, His fire moving all through this place. The wind of God, the wind of the Spirit of God coming and healing you right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, be healed Receive your miracle. Receive your healing by faith in the name of Jesus. By faith in the name of Jesus. Now I'm just going to begin to speak out some things that I believe the Lord showed me that He is going to do here today. You can keep your hand on your body and keep your hand lifted up to the Lord. Just keep receiving wherever you're standing. The Lord showed me uh, that He's healing somebody who had a type of irregularity with your heartbeat that your heart is going to be normal. Heart disease, be healed in Jesus' name. Every type of heart disease. I also saw somebody with high blood pressure and high cholesterol levels, and the Lord is going to normalize the levels of uh, your blood pressure and of cholesterol. The Lord is touching your blood right now in the name of Jesus. Be healed. 
The Lord also showed me somebody with uh, problems with your breathing, problems with your lungs. Be healed in the name of Jesus right now. Be healed in your lungs. Even as that testimony went out about the pastor's wife who the Lord had healed of asthma, the Lord is healing lungs today. And you will be able to breathe freely. You will not have asthma any longer. You will not have blockages to your breath. Your lungs are opening up. Take a fresh breath by the Spirit of God right now in the name of Jesus. I also saw the Lord healing all kinds of bone, bone problems, bone issues. It says in the Word of God that not one of your bones will be broken. And that's a prophetic word for you today. Not one of your bones will be broken. We speak to ankles, to legs, to knees, to backs, to arms, to bones. Be healed. The fire of God is filling your bones right now. It's just like fire cut up in my bones. The fire of God is filling your bones. I also really bore witness to the word that Stephen said earlier about cancer being healed. Tumors disappearing now in the name of Jesus. Tumors dissolve now by the power of Jesus' name. If you have any other words, you can share them too. The healers in the house. Thank you. Somebody with a hernia in this area right here, be healed in the name of Jesus right now. Somebody with pain in a tooth, the Lord's touching your tooth right now. The infection is going away in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, be healed right now. Also, a woman who had irregularities with her cycle, the Lord is bringing normalcy into your body, and you'll not have that problem anymore. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Receive your miracle by faith right now. Receive your healing. You have great faith. Just release your faith right now. Receive your healing by faith in the name of Jesus. Receive your miracle by faith in the name of Jesus. The touch of the Lord. The touch of Jesus of Nazareth. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Be healed in the name of the Lord right now. In Jesus' name. I saw somebody with a paralysis, partial paralysis in your face that the Lord is touching you right now in the name of Jesus. Shatter, <laughs> 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 
I just saw somebody in the shoulder also. The Lord's touching your shoulder in the name of Jesus. No more pain there. Now, just lift your hands to the Lord right now, both your hands, and just tell him, thank you, Jesus, for healing me. I receive my healing by faith. I thank you, Lord, for your touch. I thank you for your miracle power flowing into my life right now. Thank you. Just thank him right now. Be like that one leopard out of ten who came and fell at the feet of Jesus and said, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Praise him. Glorify Jesus. Glorify him for your healing right now. We thank you, Jesus, that by your stripes we are made whole. We glorify your name, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Now, one other thing that I want to encourage you to do right now, like Jesus said to that man who was paralyzed, pick up your mat and walk. He commanded him, but he, he told him to do something he could not do before in the natural and to do it by faith. Action, believing God, many times releases miracles. So I want to encourage you now, test out your healing by faith. If you had some pain in your body before, feel where that pain was. Begin maybe if you couldn't move your, your legs too well, begin to move your legs. Some If you had pain in your back, begin to move your back. If, if you couldn't see well, just lift up your eye and begin to look around. Maybe you had something like a growth in your body. Feel where that was before. But I just encourage you right now, test out your healing by faith. Do do something you could not do before and do it by faith in the name of Jesus right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Like he said to the blind man, go wash in, in the, the pool of Siloam. And when he did it, his eyes were open. Right now, do something by faith. Act in faith in obedience to the word of the Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I know there's a lot of things that we can't test instantly that need to be seen, but I just want to ask how many of you felt like there was already change happening in your body? Just wave at me right now. If you felt change happening in your body, if you can do something you couldn't do. Yeah, lift up your hand high so everyone can see it if that's you. If you felt change happening in your body. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just give God praise right now. Glory. Glory. 